0: Welcome to the Soul to Scene podcast, episode 16. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm joined by Patrick McCullough. And we are currently sitting recording this show in Las Vegas, baby! Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, Patrick. Thanks for having me, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Good, man. Well, look, before we kick off, uh, our last show I interviewed uh, Nigel and Gethin from GTI, and I about dub-shedding other sorts of things as well. So this podcast will be going out after the show is over. But um, check out RMS for the coverage of that and give that previous pod a listen to if you didn't catch it. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm pretty excited to be here in Vegas. It's it's pretty awesome. Uh, Patrick you and I've spent the whole uh, day together and it's been uh, absolutely incredible. Getting out of uh, the uh, limits of uh, Northern Ireland to somewhere totally different and see some motors and all the rest, it's just uh, absolutely mind blowing. But um, for those of you who don't know Patrick, so Patrick is known as uh, Nazor. Is it Nazor or Nazor on the forum? It's Nazor. Nazor. But right? well, most people say Nazor, so yeah. that's, that's yeah. kind of what it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, and. Um, for those of you who don't know, she ran the Auto Lifers. you on the Auto Lifers website, and for the past eight years, have been living in Vegas. So you're a relocated petrol head from Northern Ireland, and um, really want to dig into the automotive life out here and the sort of the differences uh, between uh, our little province and this absolutely mental place. But look, first of all, let's talk about our day today. So uh, this morning, uh, and this is all uh, by your organization. Patrick it was awesome. So we went to the uh, uh, cars and coffee event called Gears and Grinds mm-hmm. at the Baguette uh, Cafe. So that's just sort of southwest of Vegas. So it was about fifteen twenty minutes from the Strip, and and it was awesome. So I I took the GoPro cameras with me as well. So keep an eye out on the RMS YouTube and on the forum because I will be posting that on the forum but uh, you need a lot of guys there Patrick, some of the stuff that these guys bring uh, it's incredible
1: yeah, um, so the, basically the, the show itself is organised by a good friend of mine Tyler Gallo and Tyler's a guy that I met Just I was f- photographing cars here at a show and he thought that I looked like I knew what I was doing <laughs> how wrong he was, but <laughs> I, I certainly looked the part maybe, but um, yeah, Tyler set up the show maybe a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. it's just grown from strength to strength. Like even what we've seen this morning, like I wasn't really expecting all of that. mm mm-hmm. But as you've seen, like there's just some mega stuff at it, and it's like there's something for everybody. You know, it's all it's like high end hyper cars, like the Pagani that we've seen. So a Pagani
0: Huayra Roadster, Roadster arrived, yeah, and and I have to see this, a photos as well. I'm going to put the photos in RMS. A video. This thing was just a carbon clad masterpiece, and it was like it was like a it's not quite a monocoque, but the front end and the back end open and to re- reveal the whole the front and back wheels. Yeah. So you can see all the suspension and the engine, and the rest. and it's just. Oh, it was absolutely staggering looking. But there was other uh, really cool stuff there. So there was, of course, there was Americana there. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not that I'm not interested in it, but I was immediately interested by there was a, a EF Civic Turbo.
1: Right. Yeah, that that looked uh, great. And then there was the EG Civic as well.
0: Yeah, there was a we Starlet like a, a, a KP you, thirteen s- or sixty one or so. I yeah, can't even,
1: yeah, but yeah. there that re that little rear wheel drive Starlet.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the the stuff was just. Um, such a, such a range of things, and then uh, one of the other things that was, was there was your friend Pete's
1: imprezza. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that imprezza there is, a lot of people mistake it for just something that's simply a wrap that has been, you know, somebody's deckled it and put the, the wheels, the proper wheels so, on so it.
0: So this, just to give you a, a picture in your in your mind as you're listening, so it's an l uh so one of the first generation imprezzas in uh, the navy blue with... Five 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 graphics and stuff yes. like that over, it. but this this is a genuine bona fide uh, racy car yeah. from the era.
1: Yeah, this would have been a group in What what Prodrive would have done? They would have had Colin McRae and you know any Ari Vatanen Marco Allen. Any of those guys would have been out racking the stages obviously previously to create their pace notes. Mm-hmm. And this car, apparently, according to Pete, it's like. It was used probably from '93 onwards up until around '97, '98. Mm-hmm. So this is a proper Pro Drive shell with all the you know all the the important welding and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think he did say that he had changed the cage out on it possibly, yep. but generally speaking, this is like this is the real deal. And when you sit in it, it feels like it too. Oh,
0: it was it was just incredible. Like it was something that. If it had been brought to a car show at home, it would have had everyone standing around it. And over Absolutely. here, over here in Vegas, I don't know if a lot of people knew what it was.
1: Yeah, so that I, I, again, I think it's that rep thing. They think that it's oh, you know, somebody's yeah, it's a it's a race car, I, and they probably don't even know what why that is important or yeah, because that would have been the colours that Colin would have won the championship in so in nineteen ninety six he would have won the championship in a Group A version of that car. Yeah. So that was probably his recce car maybe for that for that year. Yeah, yeah. So he could have been sitting in that in that seat that we were sitting in today. Absolutely.
0: Well, look, <laughs> um, I, I interviewed Pete uh, on camera again just because I'm out here and I just wanted to try and bring home as much as possible so everyone else could sort of enjoy what we've been enjoying today. Mm-hmm. So uh, if the audio is in good condition, I'll I just drop it into the podcast here. So how, how do you know Pete? Patrick.
1: Anyway, so it was from Gears and Grinds. So, so, and he's a local guy. He is, yeah. Um, certainly lives here in Las Vegas, and he's actually got another great car that he's actually doing at the minute, which is going to be a. It is going to be a replica, but it's going to be a a WRC replica Impreza. Mm-hmm. and it's kind of a, it's an obscure color scheme, but it's, it's a color scheme, but it's like uh, the Winfield colors. Uh-huh. But how I met how I met him was um, as a Gears and Grinds. And there was this odd Mercedes Estate sitting at the sort of towards the the bottom of the the parking lot, and um, I looked at the registration plate on it on the front, and it was an English reg. And mm-hmm. It said K 55 or it was L five 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 B A T. Okay, yeah. And I said that reminds me of something. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that was Collins' number plate on his rally car. So that That's right, immediately yeah. made me go over and say to him what do you know about that plate there and then he yeah. just got into the whole story oh, yeah. and then we got talking about the car and he was showing me pictures and uh, yeah we just uh, we were just chatting from there and then on so.
0: that, that's, that's mad I'm not the only uh, UK registered number plate that I've seen here uh, yeah. today yeah. which just blows my mind because right. you see so many uh, of uh, the American cars and metal plates we were talking earlier on right. about the, the fact that you can go to the DMV here yeah. and, uh, just, and and pay was it $80 and you get nearly whatever you want on a plate yeah
1: yeah there's like just depending on the plate you can get either uh, six characters or seven and then you pay like obviously if it hasn't been taken and it doesn't you can't have anything that spells out anything that's you know vulgar yeah yeah Um, so basically you pay that and you get that it's not like back home where we're looking at two digit plates and spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds or maybe thousands of pounds just to have a two digit Northern Ireland plate or something
0: well I know that Pete Veneman RMS he had um, on his oh and I can't remember it's the name of it's completely gone me it's it's a Monaro at home mm. whatever it is over here
1: oh it'd be like a a GTO it's yes like a pump. It, was, it was a GTO pump. yeah yeah so
0: he had a GTO, a GTO uh, but his plate was Monaro
1: oh very you know, good which is awesome yeah
0: but you need it was a sort of an in the know thing you know yes but, but, yeah um, anyway so uh, it's impressive, uh, spectacular, and, and what a way to meet people as well. You know, we're good to, we'll talk about that later on. That, that, mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you make the transition from uh, being home and, and being you're from OMA? Originally? OMA direction,
1: yeah. Grew up in Five Mile Town, and then spent a small bit of time in Galway, where I did my leave insert. I didn't do my A levels, so I did my leave insert, and then we moved back to. To Oma, where my dad's from, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of why we ended up in Oma, yeah. Uh,
0: And then, and you're here about eight years, yeah,
1: eight years, just a little over eight years, in fact. So it was January of 2014 that I arrived, yeah. And uh, I mean, (coughs) a lot of people think that it, you know, it's been great, and it has been great up to a point. Um, The transition was pretty difficult, I have to say, but I think that's down to probably down to me as a person. You know, just uh, it was difficult for me individually.
0: We'll look. We'll, we'll get. We'll get back to how difficult you are as and individual. Surely,
1: oh, okay. or otherwise, I'm sure there's plenty of people already know that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: look. Well, so, so um, not only did we meet. Um, at the, the gears and grinds, mm-hmm. but uh, we also met another mate of yours, another uh, uh, Northern, Northern Irish guy, yeah. uh, Andrew Frizzell, mm-hmm. and Andrew works at, I have got forget, forget the right, Vegas Celebrity Cars, is that it's right? It's just Celebrity
1: Cars, it's yeah. Just, yeah,
0: Celebrity Cars here in, in Vegas, and Andrew had a stunning uh, 964 911. That he, G-Series. G-Series. So that
1: was, that's the car before Okay, I believe.
0: Yeah. Okay. And was- so, yeah, so he took me around on that up too. We went up to this place, the Celebrity Cars place, which just has full of full of Americana, mm-hmm. uh, and again took the cameras because uh, and photos and all the rest. So all this stuff, I had to try and put as much as I can on RMS because mm-hmm. this place was un- unbelievable. Uh, in there, uh, one of the specific things was. Uh, Two Pack Shakur's uh, seven series, yeah, that he got shot in, and yeah, killed in, in him. Vegas. Yeah, literally, it's literally down the street from where we are. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's uh, absolutely uh, staggering. So some of the vehicles there that um, that we see, that uh, Speed Twelve Tvr, which is just you know some of real one of a kind stuff, yeah, um, as well. And it's it's weird seeing cars that we know from home. Being so far away, yes, you know, or you know, or some of these uh, special things, or seeing uh, U.S. variants of things. So there was a uh, was there nine nine seven nine eleven in his lot um, at a dot one. It was interesting to seeing it compared to. The car we we know at home. We, he has Al Capone's car as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I can't even but, remember what that is. But. Yeah, but it's in the, it's in the video. So uh, and you know the bulletproof glass from the nineteen thirties and all that. it was just uh, super cool. So again, something to watch. Uh, hopefully soon, when we get it edited up together. Maybe get it out at the same time as this podcast because it's 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 worth seeing. And and Andrew was a was a brilliant host and just let us poke around poke around everything. Yeah. but anyway Patrick back to yourself because this is here to talk to you about yeah. uh, about about this big move because I just I just find it um fascinating when we we're out for lunch earlier and we we're talking about an earlier podcast that did it with a mutual friend of ours Chris, Chris uh, gray. gray and yeah. he made the move to Japan mm-hmm. and and back home again and right. that was that was um fascinating and it's it's the whole uh, um fish out of water if, for want of a better a better phrase, but anyway, so you you moved out here in twenty fourteen yeah. something like that, um, and before that we knew each other of course through um, RMS, but you weren't always into sort of performance or modified street cars as they call them over here, right? Yeah, no, I, my my sort of.
1: Um I guess history or where it started was just through rallying. Uh, rallying was a very big thing for me because my dad did it, and then subsequently uncles and you know cousins and we all we we're all involved. It. In what, what, what did he drive? So dad, well, dad was a co-driver. Okay, brilliant. He did rally a little bit back in the day, and I mean, I guess it's it's kind of interesting for the nerds out there. But so dad had one of the first uh, Mark One Escort RS sixteen hundred okay. twin cams. And its number plate was GNO421H. Okay. That's really nerdy, but um, uh, I even, I've seen seen a car that was like the sister car to that many, many years later. But dad primarily was a co driver and he was successful. He used to sit with a guy called Hugh Mm O'Brien and the two, they were both called the Flying Vets because they're veterinary surgeons. Oh, right, okay. And, um, but uh, yeah, they they almost won the Northern Irish Rally Championship one year. Cool. And, uh, yeah, Dad used to do the Tarmac Championship. They even, they even went to Sweden for the sweet International Swedish Rally oh, awesome. back in the 80s sometime.
0: Uh-huh. And then do you remember this from growing up then? So this is this is where you get it from?
1: Well, I think what happened was Dad, Dad had a very bad accident. Or Hugh and Dad had a very bad accident at the 1985 Ulster Rally mm-hmm. on the first stage, in fact. And uh, Dad was almost killed. Jesus so sweet. basically the Mark II... The back bumper, of the Mark II, ended up at the back, the back of the back seat of Dad. Wow. Okay, he could squashed that mm-hmm. much, and he went. He was in hospital for a bit, and then he sort of stopped. Mm-hmm. But he had all these rally videos lying around the house, mm-hmm. and that's when I started. You know, I was watching them, and of course, it was the best era. It was Group B. Oh yeah, oh, so you oh, can oh, imagine, yeah. as a young kid watching Group B rally, very I mean,
0: impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally.
1: So that's kind of where that came from, and then you know, as I said, my uncle—he was um, a Mark II Escort guy, as as most guys were back at that point, mm-hmm. uh, and he was he was a, he was a very good driver, um, and yeah, I just to me rallying was absolutely everything, and there was nothing else I wanted to do, and what happened to me in terms of my transition. Was we had gone rallying a little bit. I had started rallying. My first rally, I actually won it with my uncle. I was co-driving. Was that was that in one of, Was it one hundred six or something? Or what? What, what car was it? In? That was in a, a full, not a full group. A Escort Cosworth. Oh, right, but okay. It was, you know, it was pretty fat. It was a pretty good car, like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in two thousand, and it was at my local rally, and uh, I had pestered my uncle. I said, "You got to let me sit with you." That was been awesome. It was amazing. Like I was eighteen years of age. I didn't do any pace notes because he knew the place like mm-hmm. the back of his hand. Um, so I just sat up. You were there. just there for the grin factor, as my dad said. You know, you're you're just a sack of potatoes. In the <laughs> <seat>. <laughs> so so um, yeah, that was that was a pretty amazing day. But unfortunately, I think I peaked too early. One mm-hmm. of my first rally. It's kind of hard to live up to that.
0: And, and an escort, cosy, absolutely. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So then uh, I co drove mm-hmm. a little bit more for uh, my cousin, and that was all in 106s, and that yep. pushed me into a 106 as well.
0: So is that is that where the uh, you have a real love of of uh, Peugeots Peugeots. or Peugeots, depending on where you sit in the Peugeot Peugeot? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm a, P- a Peugeot. Guy. <laughs>
1: but no, that was actually that was actually more dad. Um, again, just very he had five o five or six o four V sixes, and then a five o five V six a V6 and a six o five V six, and he always had a two o five van. Uh-huh. So I was, you know, we were watching. Um, you know, be watching like the world championship back when the 206 was such a thing, and mm-hmm. then of course the 306 Maxi mm-hmm. was such a like that's like literally my favorite car okay. ever. Yeah, if, yeah. If, I, if I won the lottery, that's what I'd go out and buy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Peugeot, I remember what you said to me about a year ago on the forum when I put up a picture of dad's 996, and you, and you said to me, Well, at least your dad has better. <laughs> uh, um, Better taste than you because <laughs> <laughs> well, of your love of fusions. Exactly.
0: Uh, well, which is kind of rich of me, but you're right to say sometimes for a reaction anyway, because I did I did have and just for, for clarity uh, here that I did have a one oh six GTI and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was a great car and um, there's a guy off RMS and I'm struggling for his name at the moment, but he took me out in a three or six rally. I know these are both road cars, mm-hmm. but phenomenal. Wasn't Rob Gallagher, was it? No, it wasn't actually. It was uh
1: Oh, who was it? Oh, um, oh, I think I know who you're talking about.
0: Yeah, but that was a but great, actually great cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I'm your probably.
0: dad has great taste in cars
1: because he's a he's a Porsche man. Well, that's you see that that's the thing though. He he's he's gotten very snobby of late. Yeah. Oh, well, you do
0: get very snobby when you yeah when get you, the, when, you upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to the Stuttgart yeah. products.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm still I'm still uh, scrubbing it down with the fusials at the minute. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was. Um, and it was cool. to see him get into something so nice. Awesome. But
0: uh, back to so you were uh, you were loving the uh, the Peugeots. Um
1: At what stage did you get a road car then, and what was it? For, this is probably a funny one, Andrew, and people will probably be surprised. Um, my first, right? I'm going to be putting myself in trouble here a little bit. So I, had, I had my first my first car was a three hundred six D Turbo oh. S.
0: Yes, sir. Mid Ulster spec. Yeah, was it? Was it no, four no, f- next in the back? No,
1: no, no, it was none of that nonsense. This is back when. Well, it wasn't. I mean, it was lowered, but it wasn't like that. Was it screwed I, out? No, it wasn't. None of those. None of that nonsense. I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't partake in any of that. But the funny thing was, so I was. I had my provisional license in the U, in the UK, mm-hmm. and I was driving the car in the south because I was working in the south. So technically, <laughs> I shouldn't have been doing any of that stuff. Okay. But, uh um so I, d- I actually didn't get my driver's license until I was 25 or 26 which is really really odd for you, somebody who's even though we had
0: been uh, driving for a considerable amount of time well it was only two years so, oh, but
1: I, like the, and the reason I started late was just because um from our transition back to to Northern Ireland because you, you this is because you lived in the south for a while yeah, I worked and I worked down there. I worked in Monaghan for a little bit. Okay. And uh, so I was driving down there on a provisional license because other people were driving on provisional licenses, even though they were Irish licenses and not Northern Irish licenses okay. like mine. So that was my sort of way of looking at it, which was completely wrong. But, yeah, that, that, <laughs> it, it is what it is. So, yeah, when I came home then, it was like, okay.
0: Time to get the... Time to get the license. Get the <laughs> plastic card. Right. Very good, very good. So, uh, and then... Uh, did that season where you like? Right, I need to get, I need to buy something that I would I would like to drive, or you after
1: the three o six or? uh so with the three o six, the three o six died a death. Mm-hmm. Um, one day it uh, just let go, and I then ended up getting a 206 sport. Okay. And I, so I got, I got my 206 sport at, and three weeks later we bought the rally car. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we were sort of in. That, that's what that's what happened. And now. the rally
0: car was. A 106. Oh, funnily one oh six. Funny enough. And this is this a cup car then? What's up? It was cup car shell
1: and cup car suspension and uh, it didn't have a cup engine or gearbox, which was a big, big difference, and it didn't have cup brakes either. Mm-hmm. Um but it was, you know, it was a cup spec shell or whatever. But it, and I was happy at the time because it, I think the car cost us like six grand or something. Mm-hmm. And a cup car at the time was twice that. Okay. I mean I was just starting out, so I was just happy. and the funny thing was when we went to do rallies I always put myself in the in the cup car class, mm-hmm. even though I knew it was guys who were far, far had ah, far better cars. Than you I were
0: at a disadvantage from the, the, the start. Yeah,
1: but I, wa- I wanted that because I, I wanted it to push me on. And where did you compete? I, we ca- competed uh, a lot at um, autocross. Okay, in Lat- down in Monaghan mm-hmm. and Calvin So, and then I did Aha a couple of times as well. Done the All Track series. Broke a gearbox mm-hmm. twice. Lovely. Um, And it was funny, it was was 2009, and Wayne D, from the forum as well, uh, Wayne Douglas. So myself and dad, Wayne, and my uh, wife, Mm Chinazor, we went off to do all track one day. Mm -hmm. And I'll see if anybody remembers this, there was like really bad rain that summer, and it was a day where the one of the tunnels in Belfast or the underpasses got
0: filled. Yes, yes, remember the day, yep. It was such a bad day. The balls at the falls got filled into the swimming pool, yeah, yeah. It was
1: crazy and it was the wettest day that we had ever seen, ever. Uh, So Chinazor was sitting with me and Wayne D was sitting with Dad and, uh, yeah, we broke the gearbox that day too. It was, uh, those, the the MA box, that's what it was from a 106, was like cheese. Mm -hmm. And, I wouldn't have been the easiest guy on a car either. My mechanical sympathy wouldn't have been lacking. It would be a little lacking, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs>
0: have not, not, not ideal,
1: yeah, not ideal for that particular car. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> fuck me. So, so you had you had the cop car. You had the uh, two six. Then was yeah. your uh, little runaround. your your runaround. So, so what what stage did that um, that change? Because it must have been a right then that uh, maybe. We had sort of, our paths maybe started to cross.
1: Yeah. yeah, so after, I think probably after the gearbox broke, and this was a second or third time, this this rallying lark was getting, it was getting expensive. Right, oh, sorry, do you know what? I was trying
0: to... So yeah, it must have been around that sort of time that our paths maybe crossed with our mess, was it?
1: Yeah, in and around that time, rallying was getting rather expensive, breaking gearboxes. actually rolled the car once at about five miles per hour, which was not oh, nice. too fun. Um, but yeah, it was just getting a little bit beyond me financially. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'd always been buying Fast Car Magazine and, mm-hmm. you know, um, Revs and things like that. I was always buying those. And so I was into the scene, but I wasn't in it, yeah, so to speak. And then I think... I probably got, I probably found RMS probably through Graham Curry because mm-hmm. Graham would have been on rally forms mm-hmm. and asked where I was and you know he would be linking mm-hmm. you know, articles and stuff. So then I ended up going on to the forum and I think back in the day I probably commented way too much at the start because <laughs> I just wanted to be involved and I know I probably sort of, uh, drove a couple of people mad, you know, as it being a newbie who was like, I mean, commenting so you, you and everything.
0: just had to comment and everything? Just yeah. Like,
1: it was Zero a 100%. I, I was trying to be part of it, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think the, the other thing was too, when I had come back from Galway, I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And then, I can't remember, it was a, there was a meet that was organised for Gosford Park. Yep. And I met up with um, a couple of the guys in, I think it was Portadown in my little 206 and mm-hmm. I've suddenly realised that I've felt very out of place okay yeah Chris Gray rolls in in a 180SX fully killed yeah and this really hot chick with him <laughs> and I look I look to my left and there's no hot chick with me and I'm like how, how glamorous do you make uh, port a sound <laughs> well I mean at, at that point when Chris rolled in I just thought this was this was this was so cool and uh so yeah, we went we went to that meet. One of the coolest things that happened that day too. Again, this this kind of made me hate Chris at the start. Didn't like him too much. He, we were we we're turning right out onto the Armagh Road, and Chris just drops the clutch and let this big lo, long power slide out of the junction. And I just thought, God, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely riddled with jealousy. Uh, and then we we pulled up at the at the meet and. Yeah, there was loads of really. I, I I actually I really remember that day very fondly. There was um, all the Lurgan crew were there. Daddy C was there. He and um, Jim was there with the barbecue. I think uh, Jim Cooper. And it was just it was just great fun sitting with people. And I didn't I didn't know anybody, but yeah. everybody was you know very welcoming. Yeah. And then after that, I was I was hooked on being on RMS and going to these meets. It was just the, yeah. uh, all I sort of lived for at the time.
0: Yeah, it's great. Well, like it's it's something we were talking about um, before the show. Just how many uh, really good friends that we have all made mm-hmm. through the forum, and it just it, it it means so much to hear that you know that uh, you could come back from Galway and then get straight back into yeah uh, into stuff. And so you felt a wee bit out of place, maybe in your two six.
1: Yeah, the 206 six wasn't really cutting it, and um, and then because I was I was then palsy walsy with Wayne D, mm-hmm. who had the one hundred six rally. Mm-hmm. I was also on the one hundred six rally register in the UK. Okay, and and then Simon nine nine eight, I think is his username on yeah. RMS. Simon, he had he had a sixteen valve conversion. Uh, on an S2 rally mm-hmm. Bianca White same colour as Wayne's and Simon, I we were chatting about me buying the car and Simon says you better come and get this car because it's going to be taken away if you don't oh. <laughs> and so I went and I went and got it and as you know Andy when it comes to projects and me they don't usually go too well oh God. so the rally I bought the rally um, sold the 206 did you? no 206 stayed ok so that was two thousand six. I had bought the 206 and then the rally was got. I think maybe two thousand and seven, uh-huh. and then I got it fixed by somebody else. Can't, there's no some one of the, another RMS. user I can't remember his name, uh, but a really a really good guy. He had, he had used to he was into like starting the turbos and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he'd done the engine for me. Okay, and brought it home. It was never started, and I never ever heard it. Uh-huh. And the car just sat there. I was terrible for buying cars and not wanting to sell them. Okay. And um, and then there was a certain Mister. This and then years went by where I was. I would literally go to meets and I would go with Wayne. Yeah. I'd either go in the rally with Wayne or I think he had a DC five type R mm-hmm. at a time as well. So I would just go with him. and I was okay with that. And then um, a certain Mister John Peden from Lurgan, was yep. building this 106 that um, when I seen it at the start, I was like this is completely nuts mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was fantastic and I, t- I, re- I text John, and I said, John, I'm not coming to buy this car, I said, I just need to come down and have a look at it mm-hmm. and I drove on to John's driveway and I just seen the 106 lying, at the, uh, li- literally lying mm-hmm. at the bottom of the driveway sitting on the ground I just thought this is this is just fantastic mm-hmm. I, I have to have this and yeah I bought it a couple of weeks later uh, I bought it the day before um, do you remember we did the RMS track day down at Kirkastown mm-hmm. I bought it the day before that and I arrived into Lurgan uh, or into Friartux which was like a little place off of just the, the roundabout there yes. at Lurgan yeah yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. so I arrived at the Friartux and everybody's Jaw was on the floor because mm-hmm. obviously they were respecting John, and of course it was me. And at the time, I had this big mop of floppy black hair. That's right, yeah. And uh, everybody's like, "You know what's going on?" <laughs> and then we we drove, and I was that was that was actually the first time I ever done any video too, mm-hmm. where I did a, a music montage. Was that that RMS meet at Kirkus time? So here I was driving the retro with the camera out the window, facing the back, facing it forward. Um, drove into Cumber Square. And ever again, people were like, "What's going on?" Like Patrick's driving, you know, John's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that was a really special morning. You know, see the reactions from yeah, everybody, yeah. Uh, and just again, that particular car. It didn't matter where you went, that thing would, you know, outshine anything mm-hmm. just because it was so wild. I we'll remember have, we'll have to get a picture of it into the into the show notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get one to you. Yeah. Um, and then, I actually one time I was going down to Dublin and I. On purpose, wanted to go down into like the sort of touristy area with the car. I Just wanted to see the reaction of people. Mm-hmm. So I pull up behind this Ferrari, and literally nobody's looking at it. Yeah, everybody's looking at me, and I just dump the car on the ground at the traffic light, mm-hmm. and everybody's pointing, and kids are waving, and it's. It was such. A, it was a really cool car, and people like people would literally follow follow me in it. Yep. to find out what the whole thing was about, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, funny, yeah. Isn't it funny how uh, people look like at cars? When we were at that uh, Gears and Grinds earlier on, and there was the Pagani Waira, uh, mm-hmm. and now, we did take two or three minutes to look around it, and it is it is incredible. Mm-hmm. But then we spent maybe half an hour at the Impreza. You know what
1: I mean? Like, <laughs> this is it, yeah. Because I think, you know, the Pagani's cool, and it's obviously a very expensive motor car, but when you know, the, obviously the Impreza itself, you know, it just holds a lot more weight for us, yeah, because it just has that history and you know, it's just so cool, especially with it being a genuine, you know, X Pro Drive car, yeah, yeah. But uh, cool. So you had the
0: uh, and that was called, was that the retrospect spectrum, then was it?
1: Yeah, there, it was. I think it was nicknamed by John and Esther, um, and Esther was no longer with us. Esther passed away mm-hmm. a few years ago, and. Esther was she was absolutely she was great fun. Um, I actually was coming out here to see my wife. Mm -hmm. She was not my my girlfriend at the time. And Esther, I said to Esther, "You can take the car to the shows for me." Yes, and she absolutely loved that. And she would appear to shows with the wig on. Oh brilliant! This big black curly hair. (laughs) Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. She was like she was great great fun, and uh, I was getting sent photographs. Oh yeah, we're at this show or at that show. Mm -hmm. So so, uh, to me, uh, like a I know how much she loved the car, so that's why I was like, "Yeah, you you take it, you enjoy it," because I'm going to be away. Because I was away for like a month or something like that. Yep. So that yeah, she she enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, it was a co- it was cool to be able to do that. All right, so here, tell me about uh, the you had a a wide arch 306 as well. Yes, I did. The D Turbo was not just the only 306 I had. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it was maybe mid 2012. And I was doing my usual searches on done Deal or, you know, Piston Heads, Impreza Type R, Dima, whatever it was, Evo. And obviously, very rarely anything Dima came up. Mm-hmm. But on Dundee, I had Dima and two 306 Dimas came up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not just one, but two of them. So there was the X Demon Tweaks car, which was like a, a greeny color. Mm-hmm. It was there, but it wasn't in the best of shape. And then there was this yellow one, dandelion yellow, mm-hmm. like the Pe- Peugeot 406 Coupe colour. Yeah, yeah. And there was no price on it. And the guy was telling me, oh, you know, this car was like, you know, uh, 40,000 euros uh, when it was new and was just had a new paint job and all this sort of stuff. And I rang Wayne D mm-hmm. again. Me and Wayne are very tight when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I, sa- I said, look, at, look what's on, done deal. And now I had only just sold the 206 mm-hmm. so my driveway at this time had a 206 sport up up until this point had two 206 sport it had the 106 cup car it had the white 106 rally mm-hmm. project car yeah. and the blue 106 rally as well uh-huh. and I just sold the 206 because in at this time 2012 I'm in the mind of I'm going to be going to America so yeah. I'm not buying any more cars so said no man ever I'm not buying <sighs> oh any more cars oh god and I got Wayne to text the guy what well, is he looking for mm-hmm. and, I, and Wayne says he's texted me back and I says five grand, he says no, I said six grand he says no, seven grand, no I says it couldn't be any more than eight or nine grand nobody's going to buy it at that price mm-hmm. he says it's less and I says get away he says four thousand euros and I don't mind saying that price uh-huh. because that car will never be sold so don't anybody get excited but it was four thousand euros Wayne and I were in Dublin the following morning at 10 o'clock uh-huh. looking at the car, and the dinner was we were sitting we parked up. We didn't know whether what direction this guy was coming from, mm-hmm. so the two of us are like two meerkats cats in the front, <laughs> looking from left to right to see you know who's going to see this car first and I looked to the right and all I could see was this thing coming up the road and I, I looked around at, at Wayne with a face like, what what a, you know this yep. is crazy. And I told Wayne before we got out of the car, I said, okay, I'm not test driving this car. You're going to have to do it for me because there could be a hole in the... There could be Fred Flintstone-style hole in the, in you were the floor. Still,
0: you were still taking
1: it home? I'm buying this car. Yeah. Didn't matter. Uh, so Wayne took it for a drive and came back and just gave me the, the the thumbs up. And I was like, okay. And I was thinking to myself, I can't afford to buy this car. I don't have... I I had enough. I sort of had nearly had the money. Mm-hmm. And then Wayne says to me, he says... I'll I'll get you the I I'll loan you the five hundred for it. Mm-hmm. So, the other problem was my girlfriend was coming in like two days later, so I couldn't be buying a car and me meant to be moving to America. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't explain my way out of it. So she arrived anyway, picked her up, brought her home. She's suffering from jet lag. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, Oh, "I have to go out here." So I had to race from Oma to mana in town, get Euros, <laughs> then drive to Armagh and, and and give Wayne the money. And then the next day we were heading to a wedding in Cork. So as I was heading to Cork in the rally, mm-hmm. Wayne was heading down to get the dinner. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and then of course, my girlfriend was there for a couple of weeks so the car was bought. <laughs> Wayne had it and he was driving around in it. And there's, there's a... There's a very funny story, actually related to a, a ex tarmac champion for that car. I'll, I'll get into it now in a minute, but or should I? I don't know whether I should or not. But anyway, it was just funny that he had the car and he was driving around. People seen him driving mm-hmm. the car because I mean, the well, yellow you
0: could, you could a, a wide arched yellow
1: yellow Gemma. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't not see it but um, yeah so when she went I dropped her at the airport and literally on the way back home I had to stop off to get a look at the car mm-hmm. I was just dying to see it and this is a car that I wanted since I was 14 mm-hmm. this wasn't like oh I'm into Peugeot and now they've suddenly found oh, out wow. this dem- I knew about this car yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that this car exists because of the 306 Maxi which is what the car is based upon and always wanted one and then when, when it came up I couldn't I couldn't not get it Yeah. but the, the story with the the ex-Tarmac champion is Wayne was coming out of Newry on the way home to his place and this guy in a BMW came racing up behind him going up a hill and overtook him before the brow of the hill Mm -hmm. so Wayne naturally just sort of reacted and flashed the lights at him and then Wayne was on his phone looking at his phone and the guy was in front of him and the next minute the guy stops short, pulls up Takes Wayne off the, you know, mm-hmm. forces him onto the onto the shoulder. Yeah, gets out of the car, comes bulling over to the to the the window, and um, all Wayne think is, "Please don't hit the car. Uh, it's, it's not mine. It. It's not mine. Don't hit it. Don't hit it." Uh, and of course, the gym has got it's got like uh, steel body panels. They're not fiberglass. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you and I mean if you hit like there's I think the car is maybe one of nine in the world that has steel bodies. Ah, so you can't you just can't get them? Yeah, you can't get it. You get obviously the, the fibreglass bits and pieces, but of course it would devalue the car. And then these other guys pull up in a van and this the guy who was like giving away in a hard time is like you know, basically saying that he knew who he was and if he if he ever did anything like that again there was gonna be a, a problem. I think the guy thought that he was taking pictures of his car. Oh right, like okay, that. yeah, yeah. So he got really annoyed. So yeah, that was the next tarmac champion that got involved. Oh, with the demo, <laughs> so we're not missing name, but uh, yeah, that that was funny. But the demo, yeah, it's it's now white. Yeah, the me and John when I had the the retro spectrum, I still had it, mm-hmm. and John and I uh, talked about him painting the car, so we did a, a, a little bit of a switch of a deal, and then John painted it for me into white. Him and Chris sort of talked me into doing the the white because I was going to go again with the dandelion yellow which yeah. I loved yeah it was a really cool color because there was no other dimma that color
0: yeah I remember the photos of it as well I must be notes they're striking
1: uh, yeah yeah I mean you see that car and uh, the way the way the the how white it is it's, it''s got such a presence mm-hmm. on the road but um yeah it's now white and the plan with it is I want to get it caged and not. It's not. It's not going to be a race car. It's not going to see any of that. But it, I want to get it to where it looks like a maxi. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's 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 a it's halfway there anyway. But it's a few pound to spend on it yet. But that's yeah. the them. That's that's a car that'll never be sold ever. No. It's just too. It's too sentimental to me. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> what a story. And there's my unbelievable game. <laughs> So you had uh, suddenly had a driveway full of fusials uh, in various various uh, <laughs> states, states yeah. yeah. And then and then you you must have been starting considering starting auto lifers around that sort of stage as well, were you?
1: Well, what happened then was I think that so that was two thousand and nine with the 106, Um and then this sport called drifting was being talked about an awful lot
0: I've heard of it, yeah
1: Yeah. You, do you know anything about that? Uh, I've heard it's a <laughs> bit of crack, you know <laughs> so I decided to first. I think the first event that I actually went and looked at was, was with a friend of mine, Darren McKelvey from Castle Derg mm-hmm. um, he had an S14 and I think Graham, Graham Curry was there too and we were out videoing it and I did a very, you know, just a normal sort of video. And that's kind of sort of ties in with the doing the videos with RMS. So I had done the Town meet. Yep. Uh, Graham and I and John Peden and uh, I think Simon. There was a whole bunch of people. Simon with the Manta. Mm-hmm. There was a whole bunch. And then Phil with the, the Jetta. There was a whole bunch of us did shows that year. Yeah. Um, we had great crack doing that. And I, I started videoing a little bit then. And then I wanted to go back to motorsport in some way, and mm-hmm. drifting was just something new. I'd watched a little bit of Formula D on yep. on sort of Sky or Satellite or whatever. And um, so I went to the Ulster Drift Championship with Darren, like I said, and videoed a little bit there. And then somebody said, why don't you go to Pro Drift? Mm-hmm. So that's I went down to Pro Drift to Punchestown, did a video down there on my little SD camera. Yeah. Really crappy. Yeah. I did a little edit of it the day after, put it up on the Drift Ireland uh, form, mm-hmm. and they all went completely ballistic for it. And then at that point, um, I went and got a HD camera, and then that was it. I was just in, into video and uh, pro drift, and that's and that sort of what then what that led on to was me doing work for OMG Drift, mm-hmm. which was a site based here in the states, and was actually a very popular website um, with a lot of the drivers because it was kind of like a we're not taking this too seriously. Yeah. But it was still, we still reported on stuff and still did good, really good stuff. And then that sort of led me on to wanting to do more sort of car features. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really sit well. Not sit well, but it didn't fit the OMG drift style. Yeah, it was something different again. Yeah, it was something different again. And that's when I shot Chris Gray's A86 mm-hmm. for Motor Mavens. Yes. And, um, I've, I was loving that To do it for Motor Mavens They had really good work Real high quality stuff mm-hmm. And Is it still going? I think Antonio still has it going In some form I don't It's not what it was Back in the day mm-hmm. But I think it's, it might still be there Where are they based? Well Antonio's in California Right okay Yeah So um, Actually I've seen I've met Antonio a few times At SEMA here in Vegas But mm-hmm. that's another story And, and SEMA in dropping Vegas Imagine <laughs> <and> Yeah <laughs> But um, yeah, I was. I did. A, I did. I actually covered RMS's. T- was it the tenth birthday party?
0: Yeah. At uh, uh, I that much, much more Junction One. Yeah. Is it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I actually that, there's much an, more
0: modest uh, places than SEMA. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. But I, I covered. I, I done. I done an article for for Motor Mavens about the actual that um, that particular show, and really um, great. That was a great day. So it so was great. fantastic. There was such great stuff on it, and even the weather wasn't great that day, mm-hmm. but it was still a really good show. And it, like the turnout was fantastic, and yeah. some really great stuff there. I had the rally at that point, the, the Indigo Blue Rally, because uh-huh. that's what I had at the show. I remember that. But um,
0: so you were doing video, you were doing, some, you then you were doing some features for Motor Maven. So then yeah. was that giving you the flavor of right? I can maybe do something else here.
1: Yeah. Well, what happened was I was I was very. Excited to do stuff mm-hmm. so I was wanting to do stuff every week mm-hmm. and um, there was an article I did for Motor Mavens It was to do with like um, the rally spectators through the 80s and you know I'd done all these photographs and wrote this big article mm-hmm. and it just took forever to get it published and Tony was a very busy guy and he was always like oh yeah I'll get to it I'll get to it and I thought to myself you know what I could literally do this myself. I could create a blog. Mm-hmm. I have people I know that would be really good at doing this. Yeah. And we could do it back home. There's nothing really like that. At, at, at the time, I don't think there was really a blog. Probably the nearest thing was maybe, um, well, I know there was Juicebox, which is still going really strong to this day, yeah. down down in the south with Neil, um, which he does really great stuff. Uh, but I don't think there's much in, in the way of uh, in Northern Ireland. Probably, I Love Base yes. was the closest to that. But they were doing a lot of video content, mm-hmm. so I thought, you know what, we'll we'll do because I was such I, I'm into like I mean, if you looked at the cars I had, I had a car on hydraulics,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I had a, a, a rally car. Yep. you know, I had a lot of different stuff, and I was into and I still am into a lot of different types of cars. I like most of the scene. Except uh, felt spec cars don't like that. <laughs> I did an article on that on AutoLifers, which that was actually the highest liked article on AutoLifers. Yeah, it was like over a thousand, maybe twelve hundred likes on uh-huh. Facebook or something. Yeah, pissed a lot of people off too, <laughs> which I didn't mean to do, but I knew that was going to happen with people. You know, obviously people have their, their style or whatever. But um, yeah, I just felt that I I needed to do something myself, so I started a little blog on Tumblr. Where I was just posting other people's photographs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I was trying to build up some sort of a following. So I did then the, the Facebook page, mm-hmm. and then I talked to I talked to Chris and I talked to Graham mm-hmm. Graham Curry, and I said, "Guys, we should we should do something here. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm this is what I'm proposing." So so then we started it on the first of January 2013, mm-hmm. and. The response was fantastic, and I have to give props to you, Andy, because you allowed us to have a little small uh, thread mm-hmm. for the la- the first couple of months, where we, able- whenever a new article was coming up, I could pop into it and say, "Hey,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we just shot a Mike Fitz's Mazda RX-7 drift car." Yeah, yeah, and that that gave us great traction, especially from people. Obviously, through RMS, but it helped. It helped sort of push the site on mm-hmm. uh, and get it get it out there and get it known and then it just it kind of snowballed from that and then I mean in the early days we were we were putting out three articles a week Monday, Wednesday and Friday Wow yeah and I was I mean I shot I don't know I probably shot maybe seven or eight cars in the first couple of months mm-hmm. so every weekend I was trying to get out and shoot Busy? Yeah it was it, and it was it was it was tough work but it was rewarding at the same time when you seen the response that people get uh, or gave to it um, Well that's like full time job almost Commitment doesn't. It? The funniest thing was that I actually went part time at work, mm-hmm. to, and then I said, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do now." Mm-hmm. And um, that was maybe a little bit foolish on me at the start because obviously to, to try and generate any money off that is very very difficult. But um, I just thought any, any spare time I have, I'm just going to dedicate it to yeah. to getting this site going. But um, yeah, that, and that's how that's how Auto Lifers came about um, through the help of Graham and Chris and. I think D Murphy was part of that mm-hmm. in the early stages too, and then John Moog was part of it as well. There's, uh, you know, there's, there was a good group of guys that were part of that early sort of process for us.
0: Excellent. And then after, uh, so th- so that was going on anyway. And obviously, then you were doing, you were meeting loads of people and all the rest. But then you're going to have this uh, life-changing uh, move then, and decide to take yourself what six thousand <laughs> miles. Across Just, the world, across the world, like how did that that uh, come about, and um, what was the story?
1: So that that was really that was in the works for a long time. That was not something that was kind of sudden. And I know, like I I talked about it quite a bit on the forum too. Like mm-hmm. I would have said that I was leaving, and probably it was meant to leave sooner than I did. But so no, you I you remember getting comments like, "Well, you still you're still leaving, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you are not gone yet? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was." Um, my girlfriend, she's I met her here in Vegas. Uh huh. We were hooked up by um, some mutual friend says you guys need to talk. Alright, okay. And I was like, okay. So then I, I come over to meet her and um, at the end of the two weeks, surprisingly she still wanted to talk to me. Alright, okay. <laughs> so yeah, and then we did we basically we basically did seven years long distance. Um wow, That's serious long distance. Yeah, yeah. And it... She she made a she made a huge impact on me. I mean, my form name Nazor mm-hmm. is part of her name, mm-hmm. so she she is Chinozor. Mm-hmm. So Nazor, and then even Cizelli Patrick, like Cizelli Productions, and all that nonsense, that's again part of her name. Mm-hmm. And she was yeah, she was very influential on me because when I met her, I didn't have, I basically had my leaving cert. I didn't have any. I didn't have my degree or my masters or anything like mm-hmm. that. So she really pushed me towards doing that, and that's what took us so much time for me to actually get here because mm-hmm. I needed needed to do that. So, so you took
0: the time to put. To get, so whilst you were doing auto life for some one you were doing auto lifers and working, and then working towards some qualifications um, as
1: well. Yeah, I was doing my masters and doing my degree, my well, my degree and then my masters. Obviously, oh right, okay. Wow. So that was yeah, that was that was tough. Um, But yeah, it's what what needed to be done. So we basically did seven years long distance. Unreal. Yeah.
0: And then then it got to the stage where, right, I need to... You've got
1: your qualifications and all the rest, and I'm going to make the move. Was that...? Pretty much. I I graduated in December 2013, and I was here (laughs) two weeks later. Out the door. (laughs) Yeah, out out in a way, but I was ready for it. I was absolutely ready for it. and yeah, yeah, I was I was super excited to come to come, not really to come here, but just to be with her because obviously this, you know, once or twice a year seeing each other for two weeks at a time, yeah, that's pretty difficult. Oh, well, I'd say so. Yeah, it was it was great to actually finally get here.
0: That's unbelievable. And then you were, uh, and I say unbelievable is a word I've been accused of using far too much, um, <laughs> in in both the podcast and reviews of cars. That's, but, un- that's unbelievable <laughs> uh, No, it's, it's quite believable <laughs> So uh, Okay, so then you, you, made, you made this move You obviously had, uh, things were going great With uh, Autolifers and all the rest, And it obviously kept you very, very busy at home Doing all these features and all the rest So how, uh, like um, For someone like myself and I wouldn't be particularly the most Outgoing person in the world mm-hmm. But how, you know uh, How did you get Integrated into life here. Over here, like, did you have a job to go to? You know, you had you had your your other your other half at least to to hopefully stay with and all the rest. But, but yeah, but how do you
1: build a life halfway around the world? Then it's not easy. I mean, I and to be honest, you, I did I did have it easy because I mean, literally, we came over and we were already sort of pretty much set up in mm-hmm. that respect. But um, obviously, coming over and the the expectations of getting a job mm-hmm. and you know getting paid well and all that sort of stuff and just Moving on, especially after spending so much time, you know, the last six, the last five or six years, um, getting my degree and whatnot. Yeah. So, <coughs> I think sometimes that. So whenever I was coming over, I was looking at job potential for me. Yeah. yeah. And things were looking quite good on paper. Mm-hmm. But obviously when you get here and then the reality set, sets in and when you get into the job, it's not quite exactly the way they say it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was back home, I was working a very ordinary job. I worked in a, a care home as a senior care worker. Mm-hmm. And um, my degree was in psychology and then master's was in applied psychology and mental health. So mm-hmm. I was sort of going that, all that direction. Yeah. So I'd seen a job here that was basically going to be paying me twice what I was earning back mm-hmm. home. Thought this is fantastic. Yep, you're going to be living like a king. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be easy. Sweet. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get this car. I'm going to get that car. Yeah, yeah. And everybody at home is going to be so jealous. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, <coughs> unfortunately, <coughs> that was not the case. Uh, the job was it just it, the way it, it just didn't pan out pan out the way I thought it was going to pan out and it made life the, and the transition very very difficult did you have any uh, major
0: hoops to jump through like
1: working phases and all that sort of stuff yeah you know so when I first came obviously it came in January and then uh, my wife and I got married at the end of that month purely for the paperwork uh-huh. you know I seen it I seen it as we were getting married anyway Then and that's that it is what it is but it was really for the paperwork that's how, how we were doing it so, after getting back home, I, uh, I ended up uh, missing my flight, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> and uh, because it was so expensive, because it was the summertime, I ended up having to stay at home. And I um, came back in September, and then it was my work permit arrived then. Mm-hmm. So, it took, it did take a little bit of time to get into the swing of things. And then I started working as a psychosocial rehabilitation individual, I guess you would call and, and what does that mean in in, <laughs> in English? <laughs> in, in English real re- so the, lay terms? The easiest way to sort of describe it is it was kind of like I'm a th- therapy light. So we weren't going on doing full therapy with somebody, but we were like going to somebody's house, sitting down, like going through interventions and objectives with them in terms of their mental health. And uh, it was very sporadic work. So I would have like... I remember one particular day I went out, I had a full day's worth of work in front of me. First client cancels. Uh-huh. Go to the next person's house; they cancel. Go to the third person's house; they're not even there. Oh, so man. I spent the entire day driving around, um, and I earned absolutely nothing. I was, I
0: was going to say so you didn't you didn't land over here, and it was just you were
1: just all v at this and v 8 that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, did, that didn't happen. That didn't come. No, and things were expensive here by comparison to back home. You know, like like back, and this is like twenty fourteen. um, like an M3, mm-hmm. E46, just as an example, fifteen grand dollars here. Mm-hmm. I think there were maybe four, dollars five, 5000 or six maybe at the time back mm-hmm. home for something yeah. similar. That, obviously, that's sterling I'm talking about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. What we're talking about, $8,000 or $9,000. Yeah. So cars here were very expensive. And the thing was, too, they don't really have hot hatches here. They're, mm-hmm. get, they're getting there now. Yes. But there's well, we saw a, a lot of Civic Type R's today, funnily enough. With right. The, there was like four or five of them in yeah, a row. yeah, yeah. But the thing was back then, I mean, there. Everybody. Nothing was. It wasn't like there was like a back catalog of like cars from the two like from two thousand. Yes. That were like four or five grand, and you could easily get something sporty and. Aye, and they were relatively hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like I didn't I didn't feel comfortable getting anything at the time financially I couldn't because I, obviously I was trying to like build here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was using a. I was driving Priuses and. Yeah. Uh, Hyundai accents. and Nice. Uh, Pete.
0: Pete, who moved over here, I think he had Hyundai accent as yeah. well.
1: Sa- Saturn View was another car. I did have a Lexus GS350 for a little bit of time, but that was my wife's car. I used to get to use it the odd time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, well, funny enough,
0: you picked me up in a Lexus uh, G- GX
1: 470. Yeah, which which
0: a GX 470 to us is a is a long wheelbase to the Land Cruiser, which is yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, no, and yeah. it's a great it's a great machine. Again, yeah. not my car. <laughs> <laughs> so the first car I ended up buying here was, um, and there's actually a video on YouTube on the Autolifers TV YouTube channel. Okay, it's a Check it, out, it, was folks. It, it was a DeWoo Lanos. <sighs> Ooh, I do. It, I did a, like a review of it, and um, what a bad car! <laughs> oh, Boy, it was. It was. It was really bad. I bought it um, from a guy and drove it down. There, st- drove it onto the freeway, and automatically heard the drive shaft was you know crackling. Uh-huh. So the boot had gone, and all the all the grease had come out, and. So that was like, you'll see it in the video if you watch it, but I'll not go through it now. But yeah, that was a really, really bad car. Uh, a bit of a death trap too. When you would brake hard, it would lock the back wheels if like you were <laughs> lifting the handbrake. Uh, There's a couple of sideways moments. One day it actually saved me. I was coming down the freeway and I was, I seen these, you know, like emergency services off to the right. And I started slowing down and I started, you know, rubbernecking, as they say. hmm and I was looking over at the side, and the next I turned around, and the, my lane had stopped completely dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing sixty miles an hour, and I'm maybe I don't know, I think maybe a hundred yards from the back of that car. <sighs> so I'm not getting stopped. Mm-hmm. So I hit the brakes, the car locks up completely, sideways <laughs> from the back. The back locking <laughs> up, and I'm just I'm I'm about to hit this car, and I think it's it was probably because of my rallying days. You know, when you lock up, you know, when you have that motorsport, you know, you have this, the theory in your head, okay, if you lock the car up, you need to come off the brakes yeah, again. Yeah, a cadence braking here. Yeah, and it's kind of like, of course, that is kind of like, uh, you know, not the the natural thing to do is sit on the brakes and wait to stop. Yep. Which wasn't happening. So the very last second, Andrew, I closed my eyes because I was hitting this car. And just as I was about, like, I literally went, like, squeezed up my body. <laughs> I just came off the brakes and the car popped out into the next lane. I gathered yeah. it up, and this couple drove up alongside me, and they were like, give me the thumbs up," is <laughs> that <laughs> to say, "Well done"? But that, yeah, that was a that car was a a real,
0: a real heap. So, so how so how do you get from you've 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 landed your your jobs, not what you expected, but but at least you you've got your working visa, you've got your day work. How do you, how do you get from there to uh, known guys like uh, Pete with his. Uh, And Pretta and
1: Andrew and stuff like that so I I mean that's the beauty and we all we've all been through this for the most part us petrol heads once we we can meet people and if we have that common sort of you know car thing Mm -hmm. there's always something to talk about you know and it's and again because I had a camera the camera was a big thing Mm -hmm. because people would see you taking photographs of their car and then they would come up to you and you would be asking to see the picture, or where can I see it? Yeah. And then that would have got me into like you know, um, you know, people would just know who I was. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, like uh, Tyler, um, he and I met at a car meet. This, this is the Tyler who runs the Gears and Grinds. Yes, events we met earlier on. yeah. Yes. So we met there. He thought I looked like I knew what I was doing. He's doing photography as well. The two of us started talking. He asked me what my favorite car was. I said a Ferrari F Forty. He give me a hug, and because that's his favorite car, yeah. We just we just kicked it off uh, really, really, really well at the start, and um, you know subsequently you meet other people through those people. Um, actually, my good a good friend of mine, Doug, Doug Nielsen. He actually lives literally just down the street from me. Like he's mm-hmm. in the same complex as I am. He, I was driving down one day and I seen this nine nine three uh, Carrera sitting outside of his house, and mm-hmm. every day I would come down, I would look to see it. So if it was there and one day he was coming in so I thought this is the perfect opportunity to go yeah. and talk to this guy yeah. so I sheepishly pull up because you need to be very careful in America when you pull up on somebody you know you never know what how people will take this <laughs> they might pull out something on you right luckily Doug's Canadian so we're all, we're all good <laughs> and uh, I spoke to Doug for five minutes and the following weekend he and I were ripping around Spring Mountain Racetrack in his 993 oh awesome and you know again it just it just it just came very very easily in in terms of that myself and Andrew that that was actually a a funny one when I came here I sort of avoided anybody from back home (laughs) okay um not that not that I have a problem with anybody from back home. I just thought, you know, I'm here. I don't I don't necessarily want to meet somebody that lives two streets down from me. I'm here. And this is my new life. I'm just going to create it, whatever. Sure. Uh, and I will hold my hands up and say that that was the wrong attitude. But I was at a, another meet that Tyler organized, mm-hmm. and through another person, uh, um, Matthew Newton, who's actually he works at he actually works at Spring Mountain Racetrack now. He's like the car sales guy out there, mm-hmm. um, very interesting guy, but uh, Matt says to me, hey Patrick, I, I want to introduce you to uh, uh, my Scottish friend. You, you, you probably know him. I thought to myself, well, <laughs> Matt, I'm not Scottish. Northern Ireland, Scotland, yeah. I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not Scottish, but okay. So then Andrew comes over, and then all instantly, it's Northern Irish accent, and I'm like... Matt you haven't a clue <laughs> uh, and myself and Andrew sat down at the table with a bunch you know, it was two or three other Americans there with us and the two of us just started talking and nobody could understand a word we were saying because mm-hmm. we were all rah, 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 situation situation <laughs> so nope, nobody knew <laughs> and we were, we were completely nerding out uh, both, of us, both of us are into rallying um, both of our fathers were involved in rallying or motorsport back in the day I just thought, geez, Andrew is just another version of me here in Vegas. Yeah, and we just got on so well, and it's like I know him for years, but I literally only know him since you know the start of COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, we we all uh,
0: like I was out in his uh, nine six four or the G series car. G series yeah. car. I keep getting it wrong <laughs> in his Porsche. Yeah, uh, earlier, and yeah, we were totally hitting it off, and I, I was actually blown away when I when I was mentioning about twenty one and off uh, or on this. Website RMS and it was oh yeah no RMS I'm like
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah Andrew Andrew's actually he was born here mm-hmm. so he was and uh, he moved back home for a time and then he came back out here so he's here about fifteen years
0: yeah he's here here a while and that's yeah. that's some business he's he's involved with absolutely uh, incredible so that's cool cool that you've meet, met these people you've bound you've done some or seen some cool stuff or went to some amazing shows
1: yeah I, <laughs> I've, I've obviously SEMA. Yeah, I mean, Sema kind of spoils you. Renault uh, LV on the forum yep. will tell you the same thing. Uh, it's it's a, it is pretty amazing. I've done it. I probably I did it every year up until the year that I had my wedding here. Mm-hmm. When I had I had Renus over, mm-hmm. my co- actually my cousin also. The two of them went, I brought them down and got them signed up for the media pass and. Is it held in a convention center here or where? Yeah, it yeah It's literally it's, it's maybe it's, it sort of runs parallel to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so just off the strip center. then. Yeah, and uh, the two boys they spent the entire day. I think maybe they did a couple, they maybe did two or three days at it. I literally couldn't do it because obviously the wedding was on the Saturday. I think it was on the Saturday, so I didn't have any. T- I, I was picking them guys up and uh, trying to juggle work, doing all that other stuff. Um, so I brought the boys down and. Yeah, it's it's an amazing show. Um, some just some of the best stuff at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think
0: it's a big thing for American manufacturers then to show off their like Geneva would be for right. all European markets. Uh,
1: yeah, well, You'd see a lot of you'd see a lot of uh, Asian companies too. Oh right, okay. Will, will come over. Um, they have like a tent where they have like first timers, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of a lot of Asian companies would be over. You know, sort of playing their wares as well. Um, but yeah it's, it's fantastic the, the best booth every year is the Toyo Tires Tread Pass okay. it's just I, I, if that was the, and that, the year that I missed it or the year that I missed SEMA I did get to see the Tread Pass I made sure that I walked down just to get a, a, a taste of it and what's, what is Toyo Tires Tread Pass then? It's the, they have like a, a little special area that's sort of between two of the two of the centres two of the buildings uh-huh. and to, to get from one to the next you have to walk through the Tread Pass and they literally have. It's probably some of the, well, not probably, definitely some of the best cars in the in the entire event are there. And I would not miss that for the world. Okay. They're, they're just, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. But well, it seems it seem as a great event. Um, what else? I think um, you you were telling me that
0: you did um, some commission stuff. Did you 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 snapped a rough car, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So again, my good friend Doug. Um, Doug had it was actually dad was coming over and Doug says I think he might you and your dad might like to see something Mm -hmm. that I'm looking at and I says no problem so we moseyed over to uh, a Porsche specialist here in town and Doug says to me make sure you bring the camera with you Mm -hmm. so I brought it anyway and the next minute we walk down and in the back there's this black 911 covered in dust looking rather sorry for itself Mm -hmm. And I looked down on the wheel, and it says roof, right on the center cap. Yeah. I thought, Nah, this is not. This is not the legit. What? Because if this is a legit car, why is it sitting in the back here, covered in dust? Yeah. So the whole premise of that day was for Doug to find out whether this was the right, this was the real car. Mm-hmm. So basically, at the end of it, he found out it was the real car. So over COVID, he took his time and he basically rebuilt that entire car. Uh, he had the engine redone, turbos redone, gearbox redone. Mm-hmm. Um, I had spent some some days helping him out. I helped him put on the gearbox. I helped him and a friend put in the engine. And then Doug says to me, "Would you take some photographs of the car?" And I said, "Of course." I have been taking photographs all along, mm-hmm. um, so I have I have loads of photographs of the whole build and whatnot. And Doug says he was going to put the car into RMS S- Sotheby's. Fail mm-hmm. RMS. <laughs> Is it RMS or I don't think it is, yeah. Yeah, or no, RM Sotheby's. RM Sotheby's. Sotheby's. So he's going to put that in there. And I said, okay, that's, that's cool. So these cars go for extreme prices, but we didn't know how extreme it was actually going to go. <laughs> okay. And so i done the photographs, the car was sent off. Doug says, What's oh, gonna be on this date this time? So I tell Dad and Dad's back home in Northern Ireland. He, well, r- roughly when was this? What year was this? This was only I would say this was the start of twenty one. Okay, so, so last year. Yeah, last year. And um car went in for auction, me and Dad are watching it online. And and this
0: you, you did the snaps for Shutterbeast, did you?
1: Yeah, this was, I, I I did the for their for their catalogue. Awesome. So that was kinda cool to see that. Yeah, very cool. And and to get paid for it. That was pretty cool as well. And um so we we're watching the car anyway, and the first couple there's a couple of cars in between we were watching and they weren't getting to, you know, super high prices and I was kinda like, Oh god, what's gonna happen now? So long story short, we get to like five hundred grand and I go thinking this is yeah, it's kinda done at this point. It's unreal. And they just kept going. Yeah, and I was me and dad were texting each other back and forth it has to be finished now it has to be finished yeah. and it just kept going so it basically ended up being like 700 grand for this car that was unreal and it was the 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 work that he had put into it was great like he even like he had a roll cage in it mm-hmm. but he had covered the roll cage in such a way that you barely wouldn't even have seen it mm-hmm. it was just it was a peach of a car four wheel drive two uh, I think it was twin turbo yeah twin turbo and 500 brake horsepower yeah absolutely phenomenal car. But that's just seven hundred thousand pounds. That's like I, I was at the uh, classic
0: car show in the NEC in Silverstone I have a huge mm. option of it. But, you know, very little would go for anything like and okay, yes, yeah, some stuff is going for two, three, four hundred thousand,
1: but very little would go, you know, that sort of That kinda of money, yeah. Uh, no, it was it was absolutely crazy. But um yeah, it was it was nuts. But it, such a it's such a such a cool thing to say that you, one, you shot the car. Two, you sort of helped a little bit, you know, with putting the engine in. And, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just and, and seeing the whole build process, it's that was that was really really cool. Awesome, awesome. Any, any
0: pictures of that? Because then we, and we, we can share. Yeah, absolutely. S- send us some some stuff, and we'll put it in the show notes. So for for sure, for sure. That's incredible. That's incredible. So that sort of brings us up to now. So what's what's next for uh,
1: Patrick in in Vegas? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Andy. Um, so I was home three weeks ago, um, got to see Dad's Porsche, his new one. Yeah, he's a 997 two. 2. yeah. Carrera uh, S. Um, Guards Red. Guards Red Bumper. manual. Uh, yeah. Absolutely stunning car. And, yeah, I think America has been great fun mm-hmm. to a point, but it has become a bit of a... The last couple of years, especially COVID, and then without getting too far into it, but the politics of the
0: country—it's
1: mm-hmm. not—it's um, a very—I find it very uneasy living here now. Um, It's—it's just—it's just—it's changed quite a bit for me, Okay. just, just the way I—I I see it. I know it's pretty much probably been the same.
0: Well, like the world has changed a lot in the last lot of years, you know. That's true.
1: That you is know. true. You know whether it's. Trump, Brexit, COVID, Ukraine, right. you know, there's been there's so s- much going on. There is, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the other thing is too, Dad is getting on in years. Uh, getting from here to home is not the easiest thing to do because you're really, you're losing so much time.
0: Tell me about it, I was stuck in New York all day. <laughs> uh, earlier <laughs> on the week off with some uh, cancelled flights, which was an absolute pain
1: in the arse. Yeah. I, for me, it's like I was telling you earlier, the, the flight home, JFK to Dublin mm-hmm. was four hours, four and a half hours. Yeah, it's unreal. Which was super fast. But well, we had six hours of a layover at JFK. I oh, you she f- spent more time in JFK yeah. than we did in the actual flight over. Um, so I don't know. I think I'd love, I'd love to stay, but I'd like to be at home and to be with dad because me and dad are like, you know, we're father and son, but we're like friends because we work together for a good long time as well. Mm-hmm. So. We're we're very very close in that respect, and um, you know I, I think I, and of course my siblings live there too. But I I think for me personally, I would like to be there for him, you know, because I mean with mum passing away a couple of years ago, it's not that he's on his own, but mm-hmm. I would li- I'd like to be there and not really be here because mm-hmm. I mean this this place has it has a lots of, lots of pros, it has quite a few cons, and it's just whether I'm prepared to sort of live through that mm-hmm. and to be accepting of it. There certainly seems to
0: be a lot of opportunity here. When I look at mm-hmm. the US, when I look at people who are in motorsport drifting and things like that, especially look at some of the guys like Dean Kearney and stuff like that who have come over Absolutely. as the drift guys or whatever else. You know, there's there's there is huge um, opportunity, but but life is different here too. I'm just coming here as a tourist, and I'm just right. I'm just dazzled by the the bright shiny things. You know, especially right. here here in. Uh, Vegas, and it's absolutely, it's fascinating. And today has just been so awesome because this gives you a flavour of it. Like
1: it's not a totally different, but it is a different life out here. There, there is a difference to it. There's, there's no two ways of looking at it. You know, you have to, you have to see those, those differences to sort of believe them. We, we were sitting
0: in traffic earlier on, and there's this absolute heap of dung pulled up beside us. It's like a seventies <laughs> coupe. Yeah. Uh, American absolute heap of crap, and and like it was falling to pieces, and and then and then immediately we we'll have the MOT conversation. Like, what sort of test? And you said, "What well, has to do a smog test?" So in other yeah. words, in other words, doesn't meet the missions? That's it's, it. Yeah, and, that, and that's it. And and, and, and way you go, but it's just it's just a different way of um, thinking about things, and people just ha- have different opinions about their their uh, you know people are more more individualistic here yeah. too, for better or worse. And it, it is just. Um, it is just different. I suppose I
1: only see when you're when you're coming over on holiday. You just see a, a snapshot. Yeah, yeah. No, that's probably one of the biggest things we'll here is that sort of individual. My rights, my rights, my opinion, and my opinion only. Yeah. And then not realizing that you know there's other people. We have to live with each other. Yeah. I mean that's really important. But you know a lot of people will sort of trample over that, and that's the. I think that's the difficulty I I have because I hear about it at work all the time. This okay. sort of individualistic uh, way of looking at things is very selfish. Uh-huh. And that's, I think that's. It's okay for me living here, but when we start to bring up kids here, that's that's where I really begin to worry. That's my biggest. That's my biggest thing. Well, but look, it's it's a double edged sword, isn't it? Because uh, that
0: individualistic thing is, you know, the that American way where you can just start from nothing and and right. and, and that the you know maybe that sort of mindset with the plus opportunity means that you can right. a lot of people can do do well. Like we we were at that show earlier, and there's a lot of people
1: who do very well for themselves, and a lot of people are are self made. Absolutely, no, and and. It's it's that I think it's the balance of that, but maybe maybe there isn't a balance because in order to be successful, you need to be maybe that little bit selfish, yeah, and then that sort of feeds into itself, and then that creates more, yeah. yeah. But uh, and uh, although at the same time, the people we met at the
0: at the gears and grinds were were all very cool, were rare, were were, were so cool, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get our free drinks; we were
1: offered free drinks. That's right. From that lovely girl at the bang truck, yeah, at the what truck? (laughs) That's what it's called. It's (laughs) it's called bang. It's like a it's you see all the like hot girls on Instagram or. Like advertising this bang drink, of course, there's a bit of a message in there. Oh, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like a monster energy. Yeah, right, pretty much. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's what it is. I don't know if my system was up, up to taking that this morning, anyway. No, you're you're pretty ropey this morning, <laughs> <All right. laughs> no. but but that's to be expected after a Saturday night in Las Vegas. I mean, you, you, I was very impressed when I called you this morning. You actually answered. I wasn't expecting you that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, we were on time.
0: We were on time. We were on time, Um it's been a great day. Well, here it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the. Um, on the show, Patrick, I hope you have enjoyed listening to that. And there's lots of additional stuff. There's I have loads of po- photos. Hopefully, all the videos come out all right, and I can try and get that edited up on my flight back and give me something to do while sitting in airports and all the rest. And and uh, so that's it's worth going and seeking that out if uh, you're listening. And as I say, thanks very much for for uh, spending a day with me and driving me not about not the place. All, no. was, it was it was absolutely first class. My pleasure. And um, thanks for listening. Get us on the socials uh, at RMS Motoring and and do email emails if you have any questions or queries. And I've only one more thing to say, and uh, that there's no warranty. This was sold as seen. <laughs>